Ah, the Euros. Finally, after what feels like an age, something we can all enjoy together. Maybe you're a big football fan, but even if you're not, it's hard to resist the giddiness. Even the Germans, many of whom usually recoil from showing national pride, even they're out with their faces painted black, red and gold. And in a moment when the dark side of nationalism has tinged the flags of many European countries, it's good to have this reminder that those flags can still be waved without malice, in celebration of unity rather than division. Which is not to say that the Euros isn't political. There's the spat between Russia and Ukraine, whose shirt features a map of Ukraine that includes Crimea, the peninsula Russia invaded and bagsied back in 2014. And then there are the England fans that boo when their players take the knee in support of Black Lives Matter. Supporting a national team opens up all of these sorts of questions about what it means to identify not just with those 11 players on the pitch, but with the very country whose shirt they wear. This tendency of ours to tie our identities to football teams is pretty easy to understand. Whether it's the Dutch family with their faces painted orange or the boy whose bedroom is painted Manchester United red, we adopt these symbols of support because they make us feel like we belong. Social identity theory, first developed in the 1970s by social psychologist Henry Teifel, tells us that seeking out groups to belong to, football teams, political groups, medieval battle reenactment societies, it's a natural human instinct. We get a huge amount of self-esteem from feeling like we're a part of these groups. That feeling of being accepted, of belonging, that alone is enough to make us feel good about ourselves. But being part of a group also means being part of something deeply, profoundly emotional. The group's success is our success. The failures are our failures. And I think that's why you see so many people who don't really normally give a fig for football getting involved during the Euros. They want to be part of those extreme emotional highs and even the lows. Feeling like you're part of a group is a hell of a drug. But what happens when this natural human instinct is pushed to an extreme? For some people, supporting a team and being part of that group means a lot more than just enjoying the emotional roller coaster. It means everything. The emotions they feel as part of that group cut right to the heart of the human condition. The familial bond you feel towards other members, a hatred of outsiders so strong it can drive people to violence. These hardcore football fans, known normally as ultras, are found all over the world, and their relationships with their clubs and the clubs of their enemies are deep and personal. Look at the famous rivalry between Glasgow Celtic and Rangers, a football rivalry on the surface, a deeply political and religious rivalry just beneath. And perhaps you've heard of the rivalry between the two biggest clubs in Buenos Aires, Boca Juniors and River Plate. To give you a flavour of how intense that is, in the mid-1990s, after a match in which River Plate beat Boca 2-0, two River Plate fans were shot dead. Later that day, graffiti appeared around the city. River 2, Boca 2. Even just a couple of years ago, in 2018, the second leg of the Copa Libertadores final between the two teams had to be moved to an entirely different continent. That was felt to be the only sure way to avoid serious violence. Here in the Netherlands, they have their own famous or rather infamous rivalry, that between Ajax of Amsterdam and Feyenoord of Rotterdam. It's a rivalry that's flared up into bouts of hooligan violence over the years, most notably the Battle of Beaverwick, when in 1997, ultras from both sides met for a pitched battle in the fields next to the A9 motorway. Dozens of fans from both sides organised to meet up and fight with knives, hammers and baseball bats. One man was killed, Carlo Piconi, a senior member of the Ajax F-side firm, stabbed three times in the lungs. 
It was a shocking incident, and perhaps a watershed moment for football violence in the Netherlands. But by no means did tensions end that day. The hatred between the two sides continues to bubble, so much so that Ajax and Feyenoord fans have been banned from each other's stadiums since 2009. What I want to know is, how? How does it get this bad? How does something as innocent as supporting a football team come to dictate your life, your sense of your own identity, your relationships, who you love and who you hate? For the next 40 minutes or so, that's the question I will attempt to answer. What you're about to hear is the perspective of someone who has inhabited that world, mind, body and soul. I'm your host, Niall Moore, and my guest today is an Ajax Ultra. He didn't want us to use his real name, so we'll simply call him Dave. On this condition, Dave has agreed to take us deep inside the world of ultras and hooligan culture, at least the Dutch variety. We talk about the nature of ultra fandom, its centrality to personal identity and its influence over attitudes towards fellow Ajax fans and rivals in Rotterdam. We're talking about football, but the underlying themes we discuss, themes of love and hate, belonging and rivalry, are relevant wherever you find groups whose identities have brought them to blows, be those religious, national, local or just cultural. I had also intended to bring a member of the final ultras into this conversation, but these groups keep it close. They're as wary of outsiders as they are trusting of their own. It was only really by sheer luck that I found Dave through a personal contact, and I'm very grateful that he's agreed to speak to me. So, without further ado, here is my conversation with Dave. Just a warning, there's some bad language and adult themes throughout. Dave. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to you. Thank you for joining us. I really appreciate yeah, you giving us your time. Me. So you're here today to talk to us about the hooligan and ultra scene in Amsterdam, specifically around Ajax. We're also going to talk a bit about the rivalry between Ajax and Feyenoord of Rotterdam. We're going to look at the difference between the groups, but also how you see each other and, and that yeah. relationship between you. But I want to start off by asking you, you know, I was trying to, uh, when I was reaching out to people to come and speak to me, I found it to be a very closed world, difficult to break into. Yeah. But you've agreed to speak to us. How yeah. come? Um, well, I mean, um, it is a closed world in a way that, like, you're not really, like, talking about it to, like, the media and stuff. But um, that's, like, basically a code that people have. A code? Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, I mean, since I'm a little bit older and I'm also, like, a, you know, like, a little bit more of an outsider by now, Mm. In, you know, like uh, I, I am 34 right now, and right. you know when uh, I, I've been coming to Ajax uh, to see the game since I was four years old, and I started to get involved in like uh, our firm when I was about like 12 years old. Right? How did you How did you make the switch from just being a fan to being involved <laughs> well, with the firm? You know what it was like. Basically, when where I was uh, where I got born, the area I grew up in in Amsterdam. Uh, the east side of Amsterdam, that was where the football stadium was also. Right. Um, so inside of our house, you could hear the fans cheering and you can hear if there was like a goal. It was also in the time that Ajax was like, you know, really like coming up in Europe yeah. um, in the early 90s. And, uh, you know, we were like winning a lot and like everyone was like really related to Ajax. Um but, you know, like, there was, like, not an option to, like, not 
be involved in Ajax, you know, because if it was so close to our house and my granddad used to go every game. So he took me since I was four. So he got he's the one who got you into he, Ajax. Yeah, he definitely was the one. And uh, but he was always already telling everyone that like, I mean, since the age of four, I was not really checking the game. Yeah. I was only looking at like that one section of the stadium that was making like the atmosphere. Right. And that was and and still is something that interests interests me more than football itself. What is it about that that interests you? Um. Well, you know, like I mean, you can't really change what's happening on the pitch, but you can change um, the way you support the team. Right. And. You know, just like having like all these guys making noise and trying to help the team, and then you know, like it, it's a whole different section within the football stadium. And I don't know, for some reason, it always interested me a lot. And like by the age of twelve, I remember really well. Um, I was I actually used to have two football stadiums in Amsterdam. Oh, okay. Like they used to have like. Uh, one ground they used in the east, it's called the Mir. And then there was uh, the Olympic Stadium. And the Olympic Stadium is in the south. And back then, the Mir was like a smaller stadium where like uh, 20,000 people uh, were able to, to see a game. Right, so really small by the standard of today. Yeah, and, and the Olympic Stadium was uh, 50,000 people. So the bigger games, so the European games and the uh, Dutch Cup uh, games, and also like, for example, Ajax against Feyenoord, mm. um, were being held in, in the Olympic Stadium. And I remember when I was 12, I was like uh, getting there by tram. And it was like uh, an Ajax Feyenoord game. And back then, um, the fans from the away team, they were still just able to travel. Um, like like free without any regulations like that that's something that doesn't happen anymore you know you can't it, it, like yeah because i mean now or since 2009 final fans haven't even been allowed into the ajax stadium no they're banned for uh for and uh, and that that will probably be a long-term thing yeah, be a long-term and thing. you're and ajax fans of course banned from their stadium yeah we're also banned from their stadium um but yeah like back then that law is still, you know, it, it didn't exist. So I was traveling by uh, with, with like a couple of my friends when I was like super little, you know, 12, uh, to the stadium. And the, the guys from Rotterdam were in the same tram and they were like, you know, robbing grandmas and stuff. <laughs> and so that really just like, you know, pissed me off. So I started like, as a little one, started like fighting them. Right. Because if I was just like, what the fuck, this can't be happening to our grandmas here in this tram, right? Yeah. And that was like a first, like, step because in inside to 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 like this this world of like Ajax hooligans, because of like you know there were like a couple of older guys that like were seeing me doing that, and they came up to me and they were like really proud. That you got their respect, yeah, for that, yeah. So that was, uh, yeah, that was a funny thing, like, uh, and 
Yeah, so that that was like the start for me. And then where, how did it go from there? So you, you're on the tram and you're seen to be proudly giving out as an Ajax supporter and the other supporters, the hardcore, are saying, you know, this guy yeah, is one job. of us. Yeah, yeah, one of us. One That's of what us. they said, yeah. And so what did they, did they take you under their wing? Did you, what, how did it go from there? Well, you know, like you, you start to get to know uh, more and more people. And I think a big difference between like, you know, being like a normal fan or being like uh more like a hardcore fan right um is that i mean uh, as as like a normal football fan basically you just travel to the game watch the game with the friends you already have and go back but you know like you see the same uh in 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 like more of like the hardcore section you it 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 becomes more of like a family because you see the same people and we go everywhere, you know? So we go every week, away games, home games, you travel together and you you start to get to know everyone, you know, more or less, not not even their names, but you know, everyone has like a nicknames or whatsoever, but you recognize faces. And once you just come more often and often, um, yeah, like, it gets this family feeling why you're and that's also a reason why you stay really attached to it yeah right like you really it feels good to be there yeah yeah i guess you is it too much to say that it, it gives you a sense of belonging yeah it does yeah it absolutely yeah especially when you're younger you know yeah like uh it's like identification yes yeah. yes that's the um that I think is the most interesting part of it. From an outsider's point of view, I'm a football fan yeah. at home. I support Manchester United, yeah. despite not being from Manchester. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know what that makes me. But um, I identify with that insofar as when asked, I say this is my team and I watch them all the time. I've been yeah. to Old Trafford a few times. Yeah. And so I'm, you know, a fan. Yeah. But outside of some friends of mine who also support the same team that I might go to the pub to watch the game with, mm -hmm. they are primarily friends for other reasons. Yeah. You know, they're people I met for other reasons. But yeah. for you, it sounds like it quickly became your social world. It does. Yeah, it does. And um, yeah, like uh, there, I mean, I basically, I'm, I, I don't know if I can say it this way, but you know, I had the luck to also be able to build like a, another life around it. Like not only around the football, because you know, like it, you can go really deep into it in the, in, in like the, the hooliganism world. What does, what does going deep into that world look like? Well, I, I see it around, you know, like uh, once you get like uh, older, um, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's, it's like, uh, you know, like, uh, would you say it like uh it's a world where you uh you know like uh you really want to keep up and you know like you have to prove yourself in a way and uh if you um like it's it's basically built around like status and you know it it kind of works like uh like every other like you know um kind of like gang in a way mm. where where you know like you just have like to earn respect all the time is there a clear hierarchy not a clear one because you know it's, it's not official anything okay 
But uh, yeah, like I mean, of course you have like uh, leaders and, and followers like in every world, sure. and you you better respect the the older ones or you know like you have to follow orders or stuff like that. And if you really get into that and you you really think that that's the most important thing in your life, um, then at a certain age, like uh, if you, if that's the only thing you have, there's like no way back, but also not really like a way forward. What do you mean by that? That, like, if you're, you know, you can get stuck in it. And, like, you know, in the end, then you have, like, a lot of respect at the upside. But, I mean, yeah, that's it. Okay. Okay. And to become senior, even if not officially, to kind yeah. of, to get the respect, is that just a matter of being older? Or are there things that you need to do? Or that, well, if you do do, get you respect? Well, yeah, like... I mean, there, you know, as as you have like a, uh, any other like army, for example, right? There are certain people for certain things, right? Right. So I mean, as a group of football fans, you know, you have we like we have people that like are there to like um, wave wave around the flag ninety minutes. But, you know, if you go more into, like, um, hooliganism, then, of course, it has something to do with that you have to be present and you should not run away once it escalates. Right. Or And, and you see, like, that a lot of younger people, they are really, they really want to belong to it. Right. I have never had that myself. I've also never followed orders, you know. I, right. I mean, I, I, I can just say that I, I, uh, I'm just like a one of a kind. But if you really have that feeling of that you want to belong to it, then you also want to prove yourself. And, what, and do you, what do you think when you see young guys especially who are caught up in that kind of the fantasy of belonging yeah. and they fight, say, for example, or they get deep in, what's your opinion of them? Do you what do you support that? Do you wish that it wasn't like that? I mean, uh, I mean, I, I think it's just like a natural way, and you see it happen, uh, you know, on different in different things in the world, any anywhere in the world, this, this those things happen. Um, I'm, I mean, but honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it to. Let's say I would have a son. I mean, I would take my son to all every game, but you know, I, I mean, when I talk to the younger guys, I always, uh, you know, like there are groups within within the F side, for example, and uh, I always tell them to to be yourself and to not be part of one of those groups. So you can be yourself if you uh, don't, if you're not getting forced to do anything you, for example, don't want to. Right. Yeah. Right. So. For you, is there a limit on, it feels like for some of these younger guys, in order to feel like their identity as a member of F-Side, for example, is real, Yeah, they need to follow orders, they need to engage in things that you think aren't necessary yeah. to engage in. Yeah. But it sounds like for your identity as an Ajax fan, you want to keep at least some distance between yourself and let's for want of a better word call it the darker side of yeah i i, I definitely do want that um you know i mean i was born and raised 
here in the city and I basically didn't have a choice to go to Ajax. It was just there. Right. Um, but yeah, you see, because of Ajax is like, you know, uh, the most popular football club in, in, in Holland, they, you see that like there's a lot of fans coming just because of Ajax is that most. And, you know, like if you're like from outside of Amsterdam, you want to prove yourself, you have to prove yourself even more than right, if right. you're from here. And I mean, I can understand that if you're younger, you know, like, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting world and you get the respect and like um, if you if you travel together and let's say you, you, you get involved into a fight and you beat the, the opposite team, uh, it gives you like a, an extreme kick and rush yeah. feeling. And not only in the moment, but also the emotional rewards of yeah. getting that respect afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So uh, here's an interesting question. Are people who come from outside of Amsterdam who try to get involved with the Ajax, can they... Are they seen as equals with the Amsterdamers, or is there a difference there? Because, like in my mind, the Amsterdam and Ajax are so tightly wound together um, that it feels like that is the inside, a well-defined boundary, and everyone within that has legitimacy within it. And then anyone from the outside, as you say, they need to work so much harder. Yeah, but but, but you know, like I mean. Um Within this scene, um, over the years, um, lots of things has changed. And, you know, like, I mean, that also, like, like 30 years ago, um, you know, like, I mean, we earlier talked about gentrification, right? Yes. And Ajax is, like, you know, the most popular. Amsterdam is the most popular city. But um, so, you know, like everyone sees it, but, but 30 years ago, you, you would just support your local football team and go watch that, right? I mean, I have personally never understood that if Ajax is playing a game and you have to come for, you have to travel for two and a half hours to, to come see Ajax playing a football game and then go back to your own city. I have never understood that because for me, it was only like, because it were, it were my neighbors. Yeah. Um, but but I, I have seen uh, there there are a lot of people that that do that, and I I know that we never really took them, you know, like that serious mm. uh, because of like for us it's just like you know we are from here so you know we have more like uh, reasons to to be like uh, okay it's it's our city you know yeah the identity is more authentic yeah um, but. Without them, Ajax wouldn't have been that big. Right. So how do you feel about them when you see outsiders? Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, you know, like, I mean, if I am... Uh, it's, it's double. Because, you know, like, I mean, in a way, it makes me proud that they all want to belong to Amsterdam and they want, but you know, when I, when I come to the stadium and I hear this weird Dutch accents and stuff, you know, like, I mean, I'm just taking the piss. Right. Yeah. Right. But doesn't it make sense? I mean, the same thing that you, as a 12 year old, when you looked over and you saw these fans, yeah. you know, uh, creating an incredible atmosphere in the stadium and you saw that and said, yeah, I want to be a part of that. It looks exciting. Yeah. It looks I mean, these guys are losing themselves in the moment, losing themselves in the emotion. It's a hell of a drug. 
yeah. it doesn't i i guess it makes sense that other people who come from a smaller city or a smaller town where their local club doesn't have that kind of atmosphere exactly and they exactly. see the ajax fans on tv and they say yes yeah that's it you know i mean uh, that's exactly it i mean i understand why but that doesn't mean that i have to uh, you know like no I mean, indeed uh yeah of course of you course you know like i mean that and that's the difference you know like i mean uh everyone wants to belong to ajax in amsterdam yeah but that doesn't mean that they do except the final fans presumably yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um you talked about it as a brotherhood as a family yeah is there some was did you do you think that a certain type of person is attracted to that is it is there something among in the people who are on the insides they have in common that makes them gravitate towards that kind of group i can't really talk for everyone you know like i mean uh uh i i i do think that everyone um oh. don't worry about that i i think that everyone in in this world wants to belong to like i don't know they they want to belong to something for example but you know like i mean it, it it all comes naturally in a way um but yeah well, as you said earlier you can get stuck in it and i mean what kind of people you know i mean originally it was more of like you know like uh, uh skinheads and right. uh guys that were like against the system and they found each other on the f side so it was for like the working class people and and then for people that re- you know like they were that were like fighting society already right and they found each other over there and then they created this like one big family feeling oh so it's an outlet for their frustrations in a way to say absolutely you and i we've got this in common absolutely yeah well said so what do the younger generation that that might have been how it started originally yeah what about people who are getting into it now is it the same thing is it still a way for them to legitimately be loud a and lot, angry a lot less a lot less because now um as you also already mentioned you know like you you see it on tv and you see like the great atmosphere that's in the stadium and everyone jumping around and stuff like that and you know like you see it on youtube like you see it everywhere and you just want to belong to that because you've already seen it right but back then it was more naturally that like you know like you you would talk about it at school but like there was no social media and not so much attention on tv so it was more local right. and and it was smaller right and uh and 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 now yeah those things have changed a bit yeah. so it's less authentic yeah but at the same time it's interesting how you can go you know because the people you described as being the original members yeah they were people who felt like they were on the outsides and then found something where they could be on the inside yeah and even though they were all connected by a geography and they you know they were the locals and yeah. and it made sense that they would congregate it also it's not so different even if you're coming from afar these are people who are looking at something and they must feel if they're attracted to it because it feels like a good thing to be on the inside of that must mean that in their own way they currently feel like they're on the outside yeah yeah so i can see the attraction yeah 
I can see why you would travel. I can see why you would be intoxicated yeah, yeah. by the sense. I mean, anyone who looks at it can see that there is a sense of togetherness there. It does look like an army, yeah, but an does. army of yeah. choice. Yeah, yeah. They've all chosen to be there together. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, I want to move on to yeah. talk about Ajax and Feyenoord. Yeah. How bad is it? How bad is the... Uh, I guess one thing that interests me is... Does the uh, antagonism or the... Is hate too strong a word between Ajax and Feyenoord fans? Not really. Okay. So does the hate come from the football rivalry or does it come from Amsterdam and Rotterdam? I mean, in the beginning, that's where it all started off, of course. Like, I mean, the two big cities, I think that goes for every country. Mm. But... Uh, I can talk about you know I, uh, about Amsterdam. Like I mean, there is a, there is a big difference uh, that, like between the two cities, but they're also still the two biggest cities in Holland. So there is always a competition yeah. between the two big cities, and uh, it it started off as like a, a mentality thing, you know, like in, in Rotterdam, it's where the harbor is and where the people work hard and they have to. You know, work, 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 and Amsterdam is more like uh, uh, artistic, and yeah. uh, you know, like uh, we are well known everywhere in the world, and so there is always this battle, like or kind of like jealousy, in a way that people are, you know, like people are talking about Amsterdam and about Ajax everywhere in the world, and the finer they don't, they you know, like. They're the underdogs. The they are the underdogs. Slightly ignored. Yeah, you know, like a, a good example is that, like in the in the in the early two thousands, Ajax was playing against Juventus, and uh, they had the coach Fabio Capello, mm. and he said, like, yeah, the only thing I know about Feyenoord is that they're from the country of Ajax. Yeah, you I've, know, I've, I've read that quote. Yeah, and that's just you know very well put because basically that that's for everyone. And I must understand the frustration that Feyenoord has, yeah, like their fans have, with with like just that simple quote, you know, because that's basically what they're fighting against. Yeah. you know, like uh, you, you, other you lads had called it before the second city syndrome. Yeah, that yeah, one. yeah. So yeah. they're really busy hating us. Yeah, you say you understand it. Do you sympathise with it at all? Do you sympathise with Feyenoord fans? I, I mean, uh, honestly, I, of course. I, I mean, I can say now, I do. Like, is that would not get to a younger version of me? Yeah. No, not at all. What but changed? you know, if I would be born and raised there, I would be the same. What? You know, I would support. I would support my local. Yeah, sure. I wouldn't support Ajax if I was sure. not from here. Sure, of yeah. course. What changed? What changed in your mentality from the younger version of you to the one who sits here today? I matured. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. And but yeah. how can you talk me through that? You know, what well, changed? Well, you know, like I mean, I uh, personally I just had my escape by I, I traveled for eight years, right? Right. And so I was out of Amsterdam and that brought it my world. Right, and uh, I think in a if 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 you see it like football related in a good way because you know otherwise I probably would have dived into it more deeper. Right, can I say that? Yeah, yeah, and and uh, you know like I mean 
then I would probably have had like a lot of more respect within like the group of uh, of Fside. But I'm happy that like uh, it, it 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 went this way. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Thank you. One thing that I find curious is this because uh, when I was reading about it as well, and I think that's well known is that the is that Amsterdam is the city of culture. It's older. It's yeah. the capital. Yeah. And then Rotterdam obviously had to be rebuilt after yeah. the war and it's a hard working place and all that yeah. stuff. But, you know, you said that the Ajax fans who started F-Sides, they were working class. They were, I'm sure, hard workers. Yeah. So there's no difference there in terms of the reality on the ground. It's not like uh, Ajax fans are all like the curators of the Rijksmuseum and no, final fair. fans are good old dock workers. Fair, fair enough, but, you know, we like to... Uh generalized things a bit and uh yeah i mean you know for example on the pitch you know ajax is like a very artistic team with authentic football players that became world well known and you know we yeah. have changed all the the whole football world yeah um and uh yeah we in amsterdam we like to brag about it they call us arrogant yeah uh but, you know, like, I mean, it's just proof we're better. Yeah, I mean, that's only ever going to fuel your sense of yeah. superiority, yeah, isn't exactly. it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly the reaction you're looking for. Exactly, exactly. But then didn't... Oh, I'm sorry if I get this wrong and I might get shot by uh, a Dutch football fan, but didn't Cruyff move to Feyenoord at one point? He did. He did. The most artistic player that's perhaps exactly. ever lived. And he, he, he moved there for, for only a year and he made them champion and then came back. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What do, what's the view of that amongst Ajax fans? Um, I, I mean, he was like, uh, in a, he, I have never seen him playing uh, a game live, you know? I, yeah. I'm too, too young for that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, in a way, he uh, let us know that Cruyff was bigger than Ajax. Right. Yeah. But is that, did you respect that? I, I would never respect that. No. No. no like, it's a no-go. Wow. That feels like a really big betrayal, yeah. you know, given people who aren't inside this would look at it and say, ah, what does it matter? A football player goes and plays football somewhere else. But it's very clear, I think, even amongst, um, I can't use the word casual because it means something else in the context of this, but even amongst kind of, uh, um, you know, people who aren't massive fans, yeah. they would understand that that is something of a sacred boundary that should not be crossed. Yeah. It's an absolute no-go. And, like, I mean, it happened a few times in the history, but it still is an absolute no-go. And what about when Feyenoord, ex-Feyenoord players join Ajax? Well, that that, that rarely happens, but it, it, it it's an actual topic, like, at the moment. Right. Like, there is this Feyenoord player, Berghuis. Right. And uh, yesterday it was in the news that Ajax is trying to place a bit on him. No way. But now you already see on all the like social media accounts yeah. of, of Ajax, like, you know, like, I mean, he would never get accepted when he moves here. So would the club do it? The club would probably, yeah, the, the, the club thinks different. But they, than, but they must like know the, that every the, match is going to be filled with booze. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. That's uh, that 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 he would never get accepted over here. Never. Yeah. Doesn't matter if he's gonna be like playing well or whatsoever. It's just gonna yeah. It's an absolute no go. Why would he want to do that? Surely he must feel you know no the one wants to reason, go somewhere they're the, not wanted. The, yeah, but the only reason he would do it is because if he really thinks as like a f sportsman, right? Instead of like as a fan, as a fan. Yeah. Yeah. 
En en of course, you know, the step from Ajax from Feyenoord to to Ajax is a is a huge step as a football player because Ajax is a lot better than Feyenoord is. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So as a sportsman, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get that, but I don't know. I just find it strange that that can that that comes first. Yeah, ahead we we, of we had a goalkeeper a couple of years ago, Kenneth Vermeer, and he uh, he was born and raised in uh, in Amsterdam. Right. And uh, yeah, he he lost his place in the first team of Ajax, and then uh, he moved to Feyenoord. And like both the Feyenoord fans and Ajax fans were like hating on him, so yeah. he was hated everywhere. Yeah, you know. And uh, did he at least get first team football? He did. Okay, he did at Feyenoord. Right, but uh, see, I can kind of understand that. Yeah, a final the second best team. They used to be. They, no, they, yeah, they used to be. Okay. But uh, I m- honestly must say, unfortunately, they're not anymore. Yeah. You know, like for the past like decade at least, or maybe two even, it's PSV from Eindhoven. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But but like, still there is for for Ajax fans there is no such rivalry or no such big game. Yeah. As Ajax Feyenoord. Yeah. Like, so you know, even though PSV is maybe, like, uh, more competitive on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the hate or, like, the, the real passion that is around uh, the game of Ajax Feyenoord yeah. is unique. So I sense some real regret from you there that Feyenoord aren't as good as they used to be. Is that because it's, yeah, like, you know, if you I mean, beat them, it, it means a lot more if they're good. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, now it's more or less, like... Uh, Already, like, uh, y- you know already you're going to win on the pitch. Yeah. But, you know, like, so so uh, it's it's, ni- it's nice if the battle in the competition is, is between Ajax and Feyenoord, right? Yeah. Instead of that, like, uh, you, you, you know you're going to win already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to come on to something else that's very interesting, which is the Jewish identity thing. Yeah. Now, I mean, as far as I know, not that many Ajax fans are Jewish, no. but there is, it's become a real focal point of yeah. the identity difference between Ajax and uh, Feyenoord. Yeah, it does. Why, why is that? Well, this whole thing started because of, like, um, the old stadium of Ajax was in the east side, and the away fans had to travel and walk from the... Uh, from the Meiderport, Amsterdam Meiderport station towards uh, the Meer, the football stadium. Yeah. And they were, like, crossing, like, a whole Jewish uh, neighborhood. Okay. And they started to call the Ajax fans and players the Jews. Yeah. And we we took it as a name, um, and we, we were saying, yeah, we are the super Jews. Yeah. So that's how that started. And it had nothing to do with, like, the Second World War. It had nothing to do with anything else. But we were just starting to call ourselves Jews. And we put, like, the, the Jewish Star of David everywhere and put, like, the F inside it of IXF side. Yeah. And that became, like, uh, like an identity. And that, that, that was really big in, like, the 90s and uh, early 2000s. You see it's slightly uh, less at the moment. How come? Um... Well, for for multiple reasons, but I mean, one one reason is that like Amsterdam is a very multicultural city now, and we also have like a lot of friends that are like uh, 
Arabic, Moroccan, Turkish, right. Suriname, doesn't matter. And they are like not a big fan of Israel. And um, but for 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 me, there was not a connection between Ajax and Israel. Yeah, it was only a connection between Ajax and the Jewish, and, and it was like a nickname. And the star of the, but you know, we were we were used to carry our Israel flags everywhere because of political reasons. They don't accept that anymore that often. But oh, yeah. but you know, like for me, if I see the star of David, it still gives me a feeling of power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Some of the things that Feyenoord fans do at games are incredibly anti-Semitic, like yeah. making making hissing sounds to be like the the gas used in German concentration camps, yeah. using the name of Hitler, all sorts of you know really digging into the darkest parts of European yeah. anti-Semitism. Yeah. How much do you think that is because those fans are anti-Semitic, and how much None. of it is just really? None. Yeah. They're not. It has nothing to do with that. It, the, o- the only thing they want to do is to provocate as much as possible. You know, once they're singing that song, or once they're making those noises, they want to provocate. That's it. What about the Jewish population in the Netherlands? Obviously, they've got a difficult history here. Yeah, and I like, would yeah, totally you, appreciate that. That would be hurtful to them. Well, as uh, um, if you take it very personal, then it must be, but. If you if you understand that they only do it to provocate the, the other team, it has n- no political history at all. Mm. So it's just a way to make the Ajax fans crazy. Yeah, and that's all they want. Yeah. So they are, you know, like I mean, if you look at the real history between, uh, you know, Amsterdam and Rotterdam and. Uh, the Jewish people, for example, in the Second World War and uh, in, in Rotterdam, Rotterdam was hidden hard in mm-hmm. the Second World War and they had a lot of Jewish people over there. Yeah. And, you know, like, I mean, I dived into that history also myself, you know, and, and, and then you actually see that, like, in the city of Amsterdam, the, 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 the locals here, they were not supporting them yeah. that much in the Second World War. Yeah. While in Rotterdam, they were actually more taken care of the Jewish people in the Second World War. So, you know, like, like it has, it has like no political involvement to the, with the identification of Ajax and the, yeah, yeah. And the Jewish. But that is, so, that is so interesting, the way it could be historically, culturally, there is a relationship between both these cities and a very dark moment in yeah. European and Dutch history. Yeah. And that isn't taken into account when the identity of Judaism has been used across the world to stoke division. And often Jews have been scapegoated by various different peoples and cultures. And it's used that way in spite of what the Dutch know about their own history. It, I think, is interesting and a bit shocking yeah. that it can be used so callously just yeah. to antagonise a fellow football team. Yeah. But that's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. And it also, you know, you go, you lean into things like that, um, loaded political terms, loaded religious, cultural terms. It feels to me like it's, that adds fuel to the fire and it further divides the two sides away from each other so that there is never going to be, well, actually, let me rephrase this question. Do you think there should be 
any reconciliation, any partnership, any forgiveness of past hatred between Ajax and Feyenoord fans? Forgiveness? Yeah, and a, um, a coming together, a cooling of hostility. Well, I mean, uh, you you can you can ban you can ban uh, Ajax fans from Rotterdam forever, but like uh, there will always be rivalry, and there will always be, you know. I mean, I think that that in the past there has happened some things that you can never forgive or forget. Right, like what? Um, we had uh, in the late nineties. There, there have been a couple of uh, ah, fights, incidents, battles. yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah like uh, Beverwijk is like a topic. Like you know, we shouldn't dive into that too deep. No, uh, but for listeners, I, that was a a big fight between yeah, it was a Ajax big fight. Final fans, exactly in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, and uh, you know there. Like things happened over there that you can never forgive or forget. So yeah, the question you asked if you if there should be like some sort of like you know like uh, if, I mean that that's not gonna happen. And uh, uh, you don't I mean, you don't think it needs to happen? I don't think it needs to happen. No. Do you think it's a healthy rivalry? Well, it's a natural thing, I think. And, but we uh, can but, we but, can but, overcome but, our natural our worst natural instincts. I mean. Uh, you like sometimes I think you know like the, the people that are too much involved they take it too serious. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and they would also not be able to have like a realistic point of view because they are basically too brainwashed and like you know into hate or whatsoever. Yeah. Um. As I said earlier, I can understand Feyenoord fans, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, this is something that not everyone that is like uh, this big of an Ajax fan is able to say, you know what I mean? Yeah. They are, they are just like uh, blind in a way. But I, maybe I, it would yeah. be nice if, well, it would be nice. If only more people, more Ajax fans, more Feyenoord fans, more people who are very involved and stuck as yeah. you put it in their own identities yeah if only more of them could do what you did which is just get perspective that seems to be yeah, okay the antidote to yeah. this insularity yeah is going outside and and yeah. getting new perspectives and Absolutely. seeing new things yeah i must say i'm blessed with that yeah yeah um oh we've already hit 40 minutes dave Nice. Um, we're blessed. We're yeah. blessed to have had you here. This has been such an interesting chat. I think we've only really just scratched the surface of all of this. And what has really interests me is this question of identity, how people can fall into a group and have that identity come to dictate yeah. their attitudes, their behaviours, the way they relate to another city within their own country. And I think I certainly feel like I've started to get just a little bit more of an understanding of how and why that happens. Yeah. And I'm grateful to you for that. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Take care.